Show number 26 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. We know only here below and here above. This is our place. You are not Morg. You are stranger. I know who I am. But who are you? How in hell did this upside-down civilization get started? My mother. I could never tell her I loved her. An Earth woman. Living on a planet where love, emotion, bad taste. There is just one reality left. We are here and it is now. You get hold of that and hang on to it. You might as well be dead. So, Charlton Heston was never really on Star Trek. No. <laughs> just for those of you who got confused. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But Welcome to show 26. 26. Here we are in 2006. Oh, look at that. 26, 2006. Wow. It's like the same except for two zeros in the middle of it. Right. And those could just be eyeballs that are looking at someone's butt. <laughs> So we're playing uh, catch-up on this very first episode in 2006, which is that we really need to close the books on 2005. That's and right. We have all this stuff, all these news, and, and tons and tons of wonderful email that we've gotten from people That's that right. we really need to go through. So we're going to try to go through all of this stuff and get all caught up so that we can start fresh in show 27 with new, other things. Wonderful new, things. New things, yeah. But those Charlton Heston clips, those were put together by Len Preston, and uh, he sent them to us, and... Len, we applaud you. You get extra gold stars because he realized that he was turning his homework in late. Mm -hmm. So he did something extra, which was make the clips. And the the homework he was responding to was who else could play Kirk. And he was saying Charlton Heston. And so he made these sound clips for us to share with you. And they're good. They're They're really good. It actually fits in really well. But while we're on the subject of homework, I want everybody to know that on the forum at TSFPN now, there is a homework thread. And it's pinned, so it's always at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. I update it as we give you new assignments. So anytime, you know, you've got some time in your hands going, you know, what could I do for those wonderful gals that look at his butt? I could do a homework assignment. Mm-hmm. You can just go there and find out what's current and what we're, what we're asking of you. And we ask so little. We do. Um, and if you don't do the homework thread, go buy a T-shirt at Cafe <laughs> Press. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting good. I'm like shattered now. You're just like good. work that in there. Every old time, you know, Tuesdays at 10. <laughs> so we're going to come back to, to <clears throat> homework. But for now, well, um, first off, we want to handle a bunch of news items. Yeah, so there were things in the news, um, <coughs> track related things in the news, and, and we'll go through them pretty quickly. Um, one thing that we wanted to talk about was um, the Star Trek New Voyages, which we've talked about before on the show. And we had actually watched their second episode and talked about the, the good and the bad parts of it. Because there was quite a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we really felt like maybe only the special effects were a little bit overdone. But they are just cruising along. Um, they've gotten some funding. They are um, in the midst of, I think they're doing post-production on the episode with Walter Koenig playing Chekhov. Right. There's a really nice article about that. And Walter was doing some publicity on some various shows about it. And I think that that is going to be posted uh, sometime in the spring. Probably, like, February, I think is what I read. I don't know. We'll let you guys know when it's actually up there. Um, But for the fourth episode, they are going to get Grace Lee Whitney to be on, and I believe she's going to be reprising her role as Rand. Uh, Not quite sure how they're going to do that, whether it's through a time travel trick or whatever, but um, they're definitely going to have her on for the fourth one. Well, the... the the uh, gimmick they came up with for Chekhov, mm-hmm. I thought was was pretty good. You know, they did William Wyndham with the time travel thing, and apparently, the um, the plot bunny for the Chekhov one is that Chekhov 
is suddenly, uh, due to radiation illness, who knows what, subject to very, very rapid mm-hmm. aging. So suddenly we have this very old Chekhov on the early years TOS mm-hmm. Enterprise. And, uh, and in the article I was reading, I, I learned a couple of things that did not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy playing Kirk is a professional Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Which is why he has that hair. But it's freaking me out because, as we know, you know Lee Crow, who we met in mm-hmm. the, the tranny Mud's Women, is also an Elvis impersonator playing Kirk. And I'm going, wow, what is that, that connection there? Because to me, those are two very dissimilar characters, although they are... They are very big characters, so mm-hmm. a person who's maybe drawn to portraying that type of thing could easily, I guess, do both Kirk and Elvis. But um, the guy who plays Spock, his day job, okay, <laughs> get, get prepared not to be surprised at all, works in a video store. Yeah, he's like comic book guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the donut hole, Scotsman. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Those guys are just amazing the way they do that. And McCoy is an actual doctor. He's a urologist. Right. He's, and isn't he from, like, Oregon or something? Oh, he came all the way across something, the country. But they're filming this at a car dealership. I don't understand the connection there. I don't know. I guess they just needed big, big rooms for the sets. But apparently, and I think this is really nice, that, you know, we know they've gotten um, Gene Roddenberry's son involved yeah, and painted and, and stuff. But people who were actually doing production on Enterprise were helping them out. Yeah. And they said the powers that be were more or less looking in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. letting them do this. I think that is really cool. It you is. know, you should support the fan activities because that's your bread and butter, boys. It is, and in some ways superior to what Paramount thinks is appropriate <laughs> Trek content. Really. Speaking of Paramount, the next news item that we had was reported on Ain't It Cool, and I'm just going to read it um, because they got it from a yet another site, so this is like reporting on reporting. Uh, a magazine called CanMag.com, I guess it's a Canadian magazine. I Maybe. Didn't, I didn't bother to check. Reports that Captain Kirk might be returning to the bridge of the Enterprise for the next Star Trek film. Not only that, he'll be joined by Patrick Stewart's Picard and Scott Bakula's Jonathan Archer of Next Generation and Enterprise. The site claims that the idea to set the next Trek movie as a prequel with the action centering on the students of Starfleet Academy has been trashed, which is probably a good idea. We mm-hmm. talked about why we thought it was bad. Instead, they're considering doing a sequel that will be set in the Mirror Universe, which we've seen in both Star Trek and Enterprise before, which will make it possible for several of the captains to team up. After all, there's no rules and no continuity restrictions in the Mirror Universe. So basically, Berman and Braga have been in the Mirror Universe their entire (laughs) Trek time. I guess so. They're just not as much fun as the other people in the Mirror Universe. Well, you know what I think this is? Yeah? They're basically trying to, to... Work the idea that Bill originally pitched to them yeah. for Enterprise, which is something where he's playing Mirror Kirk, who apparently in his fiction um, grew up or whatever to become <laughs> emperor of the Mirror Universe and uses the name Tiberius. Whatever. <laughs> it sounds really wacky. Who knows if it's even going to happen? I think it's very preliminary. And somewhere we had found a link where somebody was talking about this, and they pretty much um, listed the reasons why this didn't sound like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And I was on board with their reasons. <laughs> and one of the reasons, and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm a, a disloyal Shatner fan for saying this, but I think his days of playing Kirk, any iteration of Kirk, are over. Yeah. I think so, too. It's He's he's so much better as, like, Denny Crane at right this now. Point, at this yes. point in his career, Really. And, you know, we've talked about this before, maybe not on the air, but I know privately that to my thinking, as the movies went on and on and 
he and Nimoy, both of them, were very much in control and, you know, holding the reins and had tons of input into mm-hmm. what the characters were going to do. That character became more and more Shatner-like mm-hmm. than Kirk-like. So I don't, you know, I don't really, really care if he plays Kirk again. I want Star Trek to go on. Mm-hmm. But, um, we'll see. Yeah. I think this is, this is real preliminary and, uh. Well, we'll just see. We'll what have happens. to see. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised right now if Paramount wasn't actively encouraging the rumor mill just to keep people interested in Trek to see what's going on. So, You're right, when, that makes sense. When people say stuff like this, they probably don't even bother denying it because they know if it keeps people talking about Trek, that's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. they'll go to the bookstore and buy some more books or whatever. Okay, so um, in a in a related but not story, um, <laughs> well, sort of because it's about smooth segue. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> There was another news article saying that Shatner was definitely committed to doing Free Enterprise 2, which we're very excited about. Yes. Um, Free Enterprise, one of our favorite movies, and we need to watch it and talk about it on the show because we haven't done that yet. That's true. It's such a good movie. We've seen it a whole bunch of times, and um, we had known that they were planning on doing Free Enterprise 2 for several years now, but both of the guys involved, um, Burnett and Altman, have been really busy doing other things. But they always wanted to have the original cast come back. There was a big question um, as to whether Eric McCormack was going to come back because he's been so busy doing Will and Grace, and he's like famous TV guy now. Mm-hmm. But it says that he wants to do it, and um, all the other cast wants to do it, and Shatner definitely wants to do it. Um, Burnett says, Shatner is waiting for us. Actually, he wants to come up with some ideas for the sequel. <laughs> well, and now, I've heard conflicting rumors um, or reports, whatever. I have heard that they were going to try to do sort of like a takeoff on the search for Spock and it was going to be the search for Shatner mm-hmm. where they, you know, Eric McCormick and the other um, character, fan character, had to go to Leonard Nimoy to get him to help them find Shatner and that made it sound like Nimoy was on board. Mm-hmm. But then you also hear that Nimoy has very firmly stated he has retired from acting. He turned them down on doing a Boston Legal mm-hmm. episode. So who knows what the what the actual story is going to be, but I thought Search for Shatner sounded like a very funny idea. Exactly. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, we'll keep you informed. And we are going to really try hard to see if we can actually get an interview with either Burnett or Altman because they would be just so cool to have on the show. That's right. And we're media darlings. We are. We can talk to them. We have interesting questions. And we can talk Trek with them. That's the other yeah, thing. That's the other thing, yeah. yes. We're not just, just reporters doing a story. We're living the story. We are living the story. So hopefully that will happen. And if any of you know um, Robert Burnett or Mark Altman, like personally know them, let us know. Because that know, would be cool. Right after we get William Shatner to record, this is William Shatner saying, look at my butt. We also need him to record. This is William Shatner saying, do your homework. <laughs> really? Homework alert. And buy a t-shirt at Cafe And buy a Fresh. t-shirt <laughs> And in return, we'll say Boston Legal Tuesday, 10 really? p.m., ABC. ABC, don't forget, watch it. Okay, now, from the sublime to the ridiculous, and I consider Free Enterprise fairly sublime. It as is. Goes, um, where did you find this, anyway? Somebody posted something somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Well, it wasn't on the Shatner BBS, because I was really surprised that it wasn't. Okay. I don't know where was, I found it. Was it in Google Alerts or something? Maybe it Maybe? was. Okay. So what it is, is... This was on eBay. This is on eBay. Where you I, can get celebrity boogers if that's what you want. It's true. There's a link here to um, the new Google video thing. Um, and what it's called is <laughs> the video William Shatner did not want anyone to see. And there's only one thing that he's ever filmed that he doesn't <laughs> want anyone can to see. Can you believe it? 
<coughs> it says, Three Days with William Shatner, Noreen Kid Shatner, his third wife, and Larry Hagman. So let me read the little description here. Um, so it says, My wife and I spent three days with William Shatner and Larry Hagman. Now we can share this unique once-in-a-lifetime experience with others via our edited almost two-hour-long video of the spills, thrills, and near-death experiences. And then this says, Disclaimer, We are not responsible for parallel... <coughs> Parallel universes or other dimensions or anomalies, whereas another fan may with any, whereas another fan may win any of our eBay auctions. We are only talking about this reality here on the planet Earth, such as what? it is. I don't know why this is in here. So this is a video that was made by this guy, and he spent three days with William Shatner doing. What the hell are they doing? Is this like? It seems to me from the the I watched the clip yeah. and and read a little bit on it. And it seems to me like this guy and his wife were on vacation yeah. at wherever this place was where William Shatner was learning to do paragliding. Okay, so that's what this is, paragliding. Yes. So paragliding is you have a big, like a um, hang glider apparatus attached to you, but there's a big fan in the back. Yeah, there's a motor. There's a motor attached to you personally, and the motor starts up, and it's like, you know, um, those things that they use in the Everglades, right, when mm-hmm. they skim along the surface, and it powers you up, and you're on a line, but you're basically, like, flying around in the air with this powered thing on your back. And that, Bill did learn that, mm-hmm. learn how to do it, and that is how he made his entrance for the first of the splat attacks. Oh, Was okay. he and a bunch of his team, paratroopers, yeah. paraglided in. Okay. It, I guess it was big deal. So... This is him doing this paragliding thing with his third wife and with Larry Hagman. Although, from the little clip that you can get here in video, it didn't look like Hagman was actually hooked up to the No, it looked like rig. Hagman walked in one day and went, what's going on? And, <laughs> and you know, that was it. It, like, sort of dropped in. Yeah. Um, so, there's Bill wearing his sunglasses with his toupee on and everything. Mm-hmm. And looking like he's putting his life in danger. That looks really dangerous. It is dangerous, from yeah. what I understand. With those big blades attached mm-hmm. to your back and all that? But what I thought was nice about this eBay auction is... Um, they didn't just, you know, put this up for auction. They did post a clip so you yeah, could see it. You can see it. And bit. um even though the the auction has now closed and this sold for over two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, um I believe the clip is still available up on these people's yeah, website. You can see it here. Um and it says there's a note saying that um we will have another eBay auction soon after the holidays, so I guess they're gonna make another copy and sell another copy of it. You know, if I'd paid two thousand dollars for it, I would want some written agreement that there are no other copies. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, William Shatner video, really pretty strange. But, you know, I wonder how Bill feels about it. I wonder how he comes off in the video. I'm pretty sure he knew they were videotaping yeah, of course, this. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Bill's experienced. He's, he's wise to it. So he's got to know this is going to end up on the Internet or out in the public at mm-hmm. some point. <laughs> so... It's crazy. So more things you can get on eBay that have to do with William Shatner. <laughs> we never did find out about that kidney stone. Did they ever sell? I've never heard anything. Oh, maybe they, eBay probably didn't let them do it. Yeah. So to round out our little news roundup segment here, um, this is really good. There was an article posted online, and, and someone also sent us this via email, so thanks very much for sending it along. The suggestion is that William Shatner should host the Oscars. What a great idea! Yeah, and you know what would be great about it? He'd give himself one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could congratulate himself, shake his own hand. But <laughs> I think it, it would be so cool to have him host the Oscars. Do you know what I think would be even cooler? What? And I'm so glad this came up. Okay, 
get rid of Dick Clark. Bill should be hosting the Rockin' New Year's Eve. <laughs> because it would be rockin'. It would be rockin'. It would absolutely be rockin'. It would. I think that would be a great gig for him. And ABC is stupid if they aren't putting Bill at the top of a New Year's Eve show. Yeah. Now's the time. They Now's gotta, the time. they got to get him on TV all over the place. He's people, hot. People will watch anything that he's on. Um, speaking of New Year's Eve and stuff, did you happen to see the thing in the Chronicle yesterday about how to make New Year's Eve better? No, I missed it. It was really cute. And the one that stuck with me was like number three on the bullet list was um, put the Druids in charge. <laughs> And then it explained, this was very funny, they said um, on what used to be pagan New Year's, mm-hmm. the Druids would go around with mistletoe and distribute them to people as a, a fertility thing. Mm-hmm. Mistletoe is supposed to bring fertility. And then they said, this may not sound like much until you consider there were no good vibration stores. That <laughs> pretty much makes the Druids the coolest guys around. <laughs> Can you see these guys walking through the forest? Hey, I'm a Druid. You know, it's their pickup line. Got mistletoe. I'm a Druid. <laughs> You know what that means. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Bill or Druids. I could go either way. Bill and Druids. <laughs> Maybe Bill is a Druid. Maybe so. Could be. He's certainly in touch with the earth. He is. He's with the he's animal passion side. Master of, uh, you know, natural He's elements. conducted enough fertility rites. <laughs> master of earth and sky. <laughs> oh, the man. Okay, wait, one more thing I totally forgot about. Oh, it's, this. It wasn't... So, um, as you probably know, if, if you're on the interwebs and the internets, <laughs> as we all are, if you are uh, hooked up with iTunes, they often have celebrity playlists there. And um, they're, they're usually like, what, 14 or 15 tracks or something? Yeah, it's kind of up to pick. the celebrity. So, finally, they got William Shatner's playlist. And, and Bill has talked about um, how he loves his iPod and he had no idea what it was. And now it's all filled up with music that somebody gave him, mm-hmm. which we think was Spader. <laughs> so um, he finally has his playlist here. So why don't you talk about what's on his playlist? Well, I have to look at the oh, list. Fair. Okay, here's the interesting thing. Um, Bill's playlist is how many songs? Um, I think it's uh, 14 songs. Yeah. yeah, 14 songs. Well, a good one, two, three, four, five of the tracks, so that's a third of them, are from his has-been album. And the person who alerted me to this, or a couple people alerted me to this, and I went looked at it and I went, Five of the tracks are from Bill's album, and, and other people in their email to me were saying, you know, most celebrities don't put their own <laughs> stuff on the playlist. And I thought, you know, most celebrities are not as comfortable out there shilling <laughs> for themselves as William Shatner is. And they're the first five tracks. That's the other of thing course. about it. You know, not the last five tracks. They're not mixed in with no. the other stuff. The first five tracks That's right. are from his record. And, of course, the very first one is Common People, which was the single. That was so, like, Let's put it up there at number one. Okay, and are you, are you just, like, amazed and pissed off that... Um, his album was not nominated in spoken word oh, in the Grammys. Oh, that's ridiculous. He but, you know, won. the Grammys have never had a clue anyway. I mean, they never gave one to the Beatles. <sighs> so Crap. But um, what a great album. So th- the thing about um, the celebrity playlist is that the celebrities themselves put little commentary next to the tracks. Uh, and he has things about his own tracks. I thought his comments about the tracks that um, are not his own uh, were really interesting. So... Um, he says, so about real, so the last track, which we talked about a lot when we talked mm-hmm. about has been, he says, Brad Paisley has either won or been up for every award in country music. This is a song that he should get an award for as well. I agree with that. Yes, that's a great Let's song. see. The next one is a Coltrane song, While My Lady Sleeps, and he says, um, he may be the best. 
Maybe, because Bill is really the best. Yeah. Um, And then the next one is Dear Old Stockholm, which is a Miles Davis song. And his comment is, wild, crazy, soaring, creative, but you've got to get used to him. Okay. (laughs) Okay, whatever, Bill. The next one is um, Charlie Christian. I don't know who Charlie Christian is. I don't either. The song's called Airmail Airmail Special, and Bill says, astonishing, influential, timeless. He, he likes those three words strung together mm-hmm. thing, because the next one is also well, three words. stream of consciousness. Yeah. Uh, track nine, Love is Here to Stay, Ella Fitzgerald. He says, gifted, captivating, legendary. Love is Here to Stay is one of my absolute favorite and that, songs. And too. I love her version of it. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Don't you think that the gifted, captivating, legendary was from like a Memorex commercial? <laughs> <laughs> is it live or is it William Shatner's right. playlist? Um, the next one is uh, Beethoven Symphony Number no. 2 in D major. And he says, I've heard philosophy in music through Beethoven. Okay. Okay. Next one is uh, a Mozart track. It's Adagio in E major. And he says, I find Mozart to be entrancing. You know, for me, a little bit of Mozart goes a long Mm. way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one is a Ben Folds track. I think he had to include that one. And he says, Ben Folds, my personal genius. Yeah. That's (laughs) very good. That's very nice. And then... Did he pick this or what? <laughs> the last track is an Eminem track called Lose Yourself. It's the clean version. No, mm-hmm. not the explicit one. And Bill says, he's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Bill. So here's the thing about the iTunes Celebrity um, playlist. They are limited to songs that you can actually buy through mm-hmm. iTunes. So if, for instance, you wanted to get the new Garth Brooks song, which I really want to get... You can't get it. It's oh. You can't get it online. You have to go buy this fucking box set that I don't need to get the one song I do like. So Bill may have lots of other favorite songs that are not up there. Uh, that's true. But, um, yeah, so Bill is everywhere. <laughs> everywhere and if it's hip, like, if it's now. It's Bill. It's Bill. <laughs> In fact, he probably submitted those photos to Allison Angel to just so he could get into the porn site of webography. <laughs> And beyond video iPods. He probably has, um, like, somewhere in his office, right, he has a list of all the different forms of media that exist in the world, <laughs> right? And he has to check them off. So I don't think, you know, his image has ever appeared in a porn picture before. And now it has. Now it has. So he can check that one off the list. That's true. You know, iTunes, he can check that one off the Literally, list. Literally. You know, if he gets into a, a sort of a... Um, a shouting match with another celebrity about who's bigger, who's done more. All he, Bill has list. to say is porn. Done it. Are you there? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. He's got that. I mean, look at all the things, right? Party favors. He's been on party <laughs> favors. We know he's That's been on right, party favors. I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could pull out my crap from when the first movie came out. Moist towelettes. He's on. <laughs> That's right. This is William you know, refrigerator magnets. He's on refrigerator yep. magnets. Dolls. Dolls. What, anything. Books. He's just magazines. He's got the list of all existing media in the mm-hmm. world. He's been on, on records, TV, film, video, radio. Radio. He's acted in radio. Yeah. He's acted on Broadway. He's acted in repertory. Mm-hmm. He's done um, live radio plays. And, you know, he mm-hmm. did the, the um, thing with... He's done commercials movie. for everything. Yeah. I mean, is there... Sheet music. I don't know. I bet his picture is on the Star Trek sheet music. I'm sure, yeah. The theme song. (laughs) Okay, that's something he hasn't done. He hasn't done a musical. But do you remember a few years ago there was talk about him doing, um, and I never saw the show, but I heard it was excellent. It's a show called Urine Town. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a talk about him 
doing that. I don't know what sort of role it mm-hmm. was, like the mayor of the town or something. So he has at least considered that. Wow, has he really never done a musical? Mm-mm. Oh, I'm going to have to think about that. He... I don't think he's done a musical. I mean, he's done his recording albums. Yeah, but... yeah. Okay, question for your listening audience. If you know that he's been in a musical, whether it's in film or on the stage he's... or whatever, let us know. He's done dinner theater. Yeah. A musical. William yeah. Shatner he's in a, a musical. He's a, a, an amateur horse champion. Yeah. Has won many, many trophies and events. He's, he's real, a philanthropist. He's a complete Renaissance man. He is. Let's ponder the William Shatner in a musical thing. Okay. And we'll take a musical break. Okay. Strangely enough. And then we'll come back. And the next segment of the show is going to be all about email or Gmail in our case. So if you've sent us some email, chances are you're going to hear about it right now. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, gang, you know the drill. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you, and you know we're going to read your email on the show. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has collected together some of the best science fiction, fantasy, and gaming podcasts out there. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has a lot of great programming that you might be missing. The goal of this podcast is to showcase some of the great shows available on the network so that you don't miss out on all the fun. Each episode will contain an interview with a TSFPN podcaster and clips from their show. I'll also play some of the fun, funny, and cool clips from some of the other TSFPN shows from this week. To start listening to TSFPN Sci-Fi Access, just visit tsfpn.com. All right, boys and girls, settle down. It's time to review your homework. And you've been pretty good. I mm-hmm. think you, you knew that we had a direct line into Santa and you'd get no gifts if you did not turn in your homework. Um, so we started out with Len doing just a, a Ace's wonderful job with the sound clips of Charlton Heston as Kirk. And uh, while we're on the subject of who could have played what, one of the homework questions we had pondered was who could have played Picard. Mm-hmm. And um, I also I want to point out, first of all, and we're going to put a link up to this. This is from Michael Roy Hollihan, who is a fanfic writer. And uh, he points out to us, he mo- modestly points out, mm-hmm. as he says, I wrote... Star Trek Clambake. <laughs> it reimagines TNG in the swinging 60s TOS era with Elvis as Johnny Picard, <laughs> Bill Bixby as Riker, Agnes Moorhead as Lexwana Troy, <laughs> etc. It's in the Trekiverse archive. We'll put up a link. And mm-hmm. he says, Paul Lind makes an appearance. <laughs> 
I can't wait. So, you know, you're definitely going to want to check that out. Mike is a very, very talented guy. He is. We have to wreck some of his other fix. Um, it's... I think we mentioned this before, but people have been writing to us and saying how much they're really enjoying the fix that we're recommending because um, lots of people, once upon a time being Star Trek fans, dipped their toe into the world of fanfic and found it to be horrible and slimy and never went back. And have been re- the people have been really surprised and happy that we've been recommending very good things that they never really knew existed. So as we go along, we're going to try to... Um, regularly recommend some good fix to everybody that are funny or interesting or different takes on characters that are really the cream of the crop when it comes to Star Trek fanfic, I think. And he's written a bunch that were really good. He's written a lot of very yeah. good stuff that I think you'll enjoy. So while we're on the subject of TNG, John Louis Swain responded um, on our question about Patrick Stewart playing Picard. He says, this one I do know. <laughs> The reason Stewart was chosen was because he was in the U.S. doing a series of lectures about the Bard after taking a little break from the RSC. One of the producers of TNG had the good fortune to be sitting in on the lecture, and as soon as he heard Patrick Stewart talk, he said, that's the new captain of the Enterprise. The part was, I believe, eventually written for him. That's very interesting. I had no idea. I didn't either. I thought, you know, they probably considered a lot of people. And we've talked about, well, Mm -hmm. why did they come up with the the Frenchman with the British accent? (laughs) And it still kind of begs that question. If they knew they were writing for this guy with the British accent, why did they give him a French name? Who knows? I, I don't know any of the theory behind it at all. Okay. Did you have something else about Picard? Yes. Oh, why don't you read because I have a comment to make on that. Okay, this came from uh, Donna Renee, I believe is her name. Um, and it's um, a story that Brent Spiner had told. Brent said there was basically an open casting call. This is he was auditioning for Data. And he went and auditioned. After each round of auditions, they would narrow the group, and he was always called back. Finally, it was down to just him and one other actor. Now, Roddenberry was very much involved in the casting, Brent said. And Roddenberry had this idea that Data should be bald. So they asked Brent if he was willing to shave his head for the part. Brent said it wasn't a vanity issue. If it had been a play or a movie, something short-term, he would have had no problem with it. But for a TV show which could and did continue (laughs) for several years, he just didn't want to have to deal with keeping his head shaved all the time. So he told them no, he wasn't willing to do that. They told him that Gene really wanted it, this could be a deal breaker. He said he was sorry, but the answer was still no. So he went home depressed because he knew the other actor up for the part of Data. And he didn't have much hair anyway. (laughs) And I'm dying to know who that was. So Brent was sure he'd lost the part. However, shortly after that, Patrick was cast as the captain, and there was no more talk of Data being bald. <laughs> so what, they had a quota of one bald guy? Yeah, it's <laughs> like the token bald guy. <laughs> Brent also said that there was, however, discussion, and I've heard this before, of Patrick wearing a toupee. Mm-hmm. As Brent told the story, this is what the studio wanted, their theory being that by the 24th century, surely we will have found a cure for male pattern baldness. <gasps> Gene's response was, hopefully, by the 24th century, we will have advanced enough socially that it won't matter. Really? <laughs> and that was that. Patrick went on sans to pain. <laughs> so thank you for that, Donna. That's a wonderful story. It's I love insider stories oh, me like too. that. They're really wonderful. Um, what I wanted to point out about uh, Patrick Stewart is that there was an episode of TNG where he wore a toupee. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yeah, where he was playing um, Academy Picard. Right. Um, and... The interesting thing about it, and Sunbeam pointed this out in her TNG episode guide, is that he looks so much less handsome with a toupee that him with hair is just not as 
striking as him without hair. And mm-hmm. she says, I, I can't recall it from memory, but she says, you know, Patrick Stewart's face is like, you know, the beauty of the pyramids. It's so pared down that anything that you put on top of it is totally distracting to it. Like his face is what it is without the distraction of the hair around it. And I've seen him play other roles mm-hmm. with a toupee. Yeah. Like, well, when he was in uh, I, Claudius, he had a terrible mm-hmm. wig and we always called it, you know, Roman hair club for centurions because... <laughs> It's a terrible wig. It's like one of Shatner's really bad toupees that just sits on top of his head, and it, it looks really stupid. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Patrick Stewart when he had hair, actually, right. as a young man or anything. But he certainly is a, an extremely handsome and striking man. Well, it's interesting, too, to me, thinking back um, from what I've always heard, is that TNG, the, the, the list of characters and what that was going to be, grew directly out of what they thought they were going to do with TMP before it became a movie. Mm-hmm. And so um, Decker became Riker, right. who had a previous relationship with Deanna, who was Elia. Right, right. And uh, so Picard and uh, Data were actually like new additions to TNG. Mm-hmm. But I believe the other main characters are sort of, or the, the it sort of grew out of their original plans for a sequel mm-hmm. Star Trek yeah, series. Yeah. Well, they, they clearly wanted um, there to be ties back to the first series, mm-hmm. to have it be a continuation of and um, have the characters be in a recognizable type. You know, clearly Riker was meant to be a stand-in for Kirk as well. And that was the reason I watched TNG the first time yeah. that I watched the, uh, the premiere. Mm-hmm. And I was like... No way. And I, I didn't watch it again for several years until a friend who was really into it, you know, talked it mm-hmm. up, and, and then I got caught up. Yeah, so so that's the, the Kirk character, and Data is clearly the Spock character, you know, unemotional, sort of the outsider with the take on things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who's supposed to be the McCoy character, but um, they, they did bring in... Um, Several new elements. I mean, having a, a ship's counselor was really interesting. They had never, ever had anything like that mm-hmm. on TOS, and that, that was kind of neat. And I, the, the engineering I was never roles. comfortable with that, especially if... Well, okay, their whole idea was it was more like a city in space. Mm-hmm. They had kids, they had daycare and everything, so I could certainly see the need for a lot of things we didn't see on TOS, and maybe a counselor is one of them. But to have her on the bridge yeah, as on the bridge. Know, a, a member of the senior crew, it was like, no. I know. She never did very much. No. No. <laughs> Okay, more homework. This is very interesting. This is not an assignment we sent. This is just something mm-hmm. that was sent to us by Stompus. I had never, ever heard of this. And Lena's going to fill us in a little more on it because she knows more I of am. these things. <laughs> a few blocks away from my apartment, there's a small drugstore which also sells toys. A five and dime, if you will. Just recently, I was on the way to work when a very familiar color combination caught my eye. Take a look at the attack, attached picture quickly, and we will post it, and then tell me, who are these people? <laughs> Did you guess, one, Captain Kirk and Dr. Spock, two, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, <laughs> three, Admiral Kirk and Leonard Portnoy, four, none of the above? The answer is four. If you zoom in a bit, you'll see that these are action figures of the insanely popular among babies, Wiggles. Mm -hmm. Here is the best part yet. Go to their website, and you'll see two more, one in engineering red and the other in a sort of purple. I wonder in which department the purple shirts work. So I went to the (laughs) website, and you're going, yeah, these are these weird little... (laughs) Hey, we didn't invite you here to talk. But they're, they're all wearing, like... TOS uniforms. Mm-hmm. So you said you knew what the Wiggles were. Well, 
Too many I've seen them on. T- I've seen them. I've seen pictures of them. Um, the Wiggles are Australian, for mm-hmm. one thing, and they are a kids show that's been on for quite a while, and it's very wholesome. Um, they combine a lot of music with the skits that they do. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't know if they actually play instruments, but I think they write and they sing some of the songs, and they have, um, excuse me, you know, very nice activities that they do, and they sell these videos that you can. Um, buy for your kids. I've seen them on TV a couple of times and um, it's all a little off, you know, in the way that when you watch those um, Spanish kids TV shows, you're like, what? (laughs) I don't really get this. Like, and it's just, it's always been a little strange to me. The dance numbers and the music always seem just a little too frenetic. Like I'm looking at it going, if I was a kid, would I really be wanting to watch this? I don't know. Maybe if I was Australian, I mean, nothing against Australians. It's just, it's a different baby. it's a different cultural sort of thing. Um, I do respect them, though, and this is a totally obscure reference, but they have had um, lots of famous guest stars, people who are, in fact, Australia or New Zealand, and they had one of my favorite um, musical performers, Tim Finn, on singing a song that he had made famous with Split Ends called Six Months in a Leaky Boat. And hearing Six Months in a Leaky Boat doing it with the Wiggles is just like, <laughs> I was listening to it going, whoa, I'm on acid right now. This is really strange. <laughs> well, I want to read you some of the questions from the Wiggles FAQ. Oh, please. I'd love to know about it. Because Wiggles fandom is sounding strangely familiar to me. <laughs> Okay, what are the Wiggles' birthdays? How tall are the Wiggles? (laughs) How did the Wiggles start? Are the Wiggles married, and do they have any children? To each other. (laughs) What are the Wiggles' middle names? Why did Anthony have a green shirt in early videos? (laughs) It's like, okay, we didn't even hit the relevant conundrum yet. (laughs) I don't... You know, well, in episode 12, right. why didn't you just use the transporter backwards? And you know, Anyway, so um, we're going to post those links, but it is, it is kind of a shocker <laughs> to go and see these, these things wearing TOS uniforms. Yeah, yeah. But, They're, you know, I realized something. Yeah? Um, whenever I see a guy wearing a gold shirt or a blue shirt with a little bit of black sticking above it, uh-huh. and there are numerous shirts or sweater combinations that look like that, I think... Why is he wearing a TOS uniform? <laughs> and you see guys wearing these. You know, you go shopping. They're on TV in the background. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. So the Wiggles is, I guess, Australian Trek wannabe for babies. Yeah. So maybe our Australian listeners can tell us more um, about and it. More connections between uh, Wiggles and, and Star Trek. Really? And I'm looking at you, Maynard. Tell us more <laughs> about this. Because you're a media personality. You know about this stuff. Explain this whole phenomenon to us and our listeners. Oh, and anyway... um, so the person who sent it in was sort of uh, wondering what department the purple shirts work in. And, and Elena, here is the picture so you can look at it while they we're They do. Talking. They look just like TOS uniforms. They're brightly colored. They wear mm-hmm. black pants. Yeah. But um, in my speculation on what does the purple shirts wear is perhaps they are the ship's interior decorators and event coordinators. <laughs> they set up that science department Christmas party where Kirk got in so That's much That's right. Trouble. They run the bar, too. Can I just tell a story that's completely off topic, which totally amazed me? Sure. You know, all of these weird little kids shows develop their own fanatical followings. The Wiggles are no exception. Um, Why does he wear a green shirt? Why does he wear a green shirt in episode number 12? You know, people just get really caught up in it. And, of course, since the kids watch it, their parents are forced to watch it, too, and sort of become fans by association mm-hmm. or something. There's another um, kids show that's on that's that's called, um, well, I won't talk about the whole show, but I was browsing around the web, and, and I found um, this website 
that this woman had, it was a, a personal site of hers, and she outlined um, when she got to meet one of the hosts of this show in person. And this woman is like, I don't know, in her late 30s, she has a couple of kids who are, you know, in their preteen ages. And this whole story of how she went to meet this guy through friends of friends was like Tiger Beat. <laughs> And is like, oh, I was so excited about it. And so I dieted like crazy a month before I knew I was going to meet him. And I went to have my hair done two days before. And I chose my outfit so carefully. And, and like she lists all the things that she wore to go to this whatever func- corporate function where she was going to meet this guy. And, you know, I knew that I didn't want to have anything to eat because I didn't want to have onions on my breath when I went up to shake his hand. <laughs> Like, you know, getting to meet Davy Jones or something. <laughs> so very weird. I shook his hand and I knew that I was trembling. Oh, oh Rob. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you that. That okay. there are fanatical people out there for anything. Any media thing that Is exists. Is there a podcast about the Wiggles? Butts, though. Probably. The, uh... There's probably a podcast about the Wiggles. There probably Not here is. in Australia. Okay, Kelly Marie Peoples sent us something so funny, and I had never seen it before. Um, And apparently this has been posted many places. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, 10 Things I Hate About Star Trek. (laughs) And it is a very, very funny list. But one of the things they hate is that um, Jordy is always reversing the polarity (laughs) on things. But then the number three thing, I just want to read it out loud because it's so funny. Number three is Technobabble. The other night, I couldn't get my car to start. I solved the problem by reversing the polarity of the car battery and routing the power through my satellite dish. The resulting subspace plasma caused a rift in the space-time continuum, which created a quantum tunneling effect that charged the protons in the engine core, thus starting my car. Child's play, really. As a happy side effect, I also now get the Spice Channel for free. (laughs) Now, the place where this is posted, they don't know who wrote this, but boy, I say bravo. It's a really funny funny list and it we is. have talked about star trek having fans who hate it and so here's the, the thing but we also need to talk about the picture talk about the picture <laughs> it's a picture i've never seen this picture i've before never seen it before either of uh kirk spock and mccoy all three of them against this strange purple background and all looking very very solemn very serious but they're all facing in different directions uh-huh. so it's kind of like Somebody decided to take the family picture while they were all pissed at each other. I'm not looking at him. Forget it. I don't even want to stand by him. Or, or else if Tiger's going, you look over here, and you look over here, and you look over here, and click. Well, plus they're all on different levels. It's like <laughs> Nimoy's standing on a table, and McCoy's standing on the chair, and Shatner's standing on, on the, the floor. I think Shatner's sitting, actually. Is he sitting? It Is looks like sitting? a sitting posture, doesn't it? No, that's it? true. He probably is. Anyway, it's a, it's this picture I have never... Never seen it before? It's, I've never seen that picture either. And it, let me look at the shirt. Uh, looks like third season. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> she is just amazing. She could probably tell you why that wiggle was wearing a green shirt. <laughs> um, okay. And the last piece of homework we want to talk about. This is so great. This came from Julia. And um, Julia had a question, and she wanted us to write back and answer the question. I wrote back, I said, I'm not going to answer that question in an email because it's such a good question that we want to talk about it on the show. And here's what she says. I'm sure you are aware of the fact that there are so many people in the Internet who don't like Bill and use every opportunity they can to say something bad about him. I mean, you can't step into a single Star Trek 
or sci-fi message board without finding these comments. And my question is, what do you think when you read those comments? Do they make you angry? Do you defend Bill and respond to the comment? Or isn't that relevant for you at all so you don't care? Um, and she goes on to say, well, I have to say I love Bill, and sometimes I get really frustrated when I read these things. I know that Bill is a celebrity, and it's clear that people talk about celebrities, and not always in a friendly way. But the comments about Bill are sometimes so mean that I get really angry. Somehow I feel that there's just two ways. Either people like Bill or they hate him and make jokes about him. I have the feeling that the second group of people is much bigger. And I feel a certain conflict inside myself. When I read something about Bill, which is just plain unfair, mean, and maybe also untrue, then I feel almost obliged to defend him. But on the other side, I don't want to do that too often because people would think I'm a freak who has no <laughs> other interest than Shatner. So, what's your response? I'm going to let you kick this off because I think that is such a great question. It is a question. great question. You know, um, well, first of all, I, I kind of have now in my old age... Um, a rule about not getting involved with arguments with people on the internet because it's it's really pointless. Um, there's a joke which you've probably heard. Have we talked about this joke? Arguing with people on the internet is like competing in the Special Olympics. <laughs> you might win the race, but you're still retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Thank you for sharing. Okay. <laughs> but it is. I mean, getting into arguments with people over the internet is, is usually a losing cause because people who want to pick arguments on the internet really are not interested in having their minds changed. They just want to argue mm. or insult or make fun of something and or hear themselves speak or hear themselves talk. So, so even responding to them is, it's like feeding the trolls, you know, mm -hmm. it just makes them come back and, and spew more. And rarely can you ever get a person like that to just shut up long enough to even listen to what you have to say. So in that situation, on the internet, I just ignore it. And I try not to read that stuff because it does make me kind of mad mm -hmm. when people say it. And um, When it happens in real life, as it has a couple of times, um, I try really hard to be very reasonable about it. And like when his album came out, when Has Been came out, I was at the office and I mentioned it to some folks there who are, you know, Trek fans. And I was saying, you know, Shatner has a new album out. And immediately it was like, oh no, it's going to be really bad. And I was like, no, listen guys, it's actually really good. And I kind of ticked off on my fingers all the people who were involved in it. And they, they went, really? And I said, yeah, you know, it's it's different and it's not meant to be self-parody. And here, listen to a couple of tracks of it. And if you don't like it, then we'll never talk about it. But just listen to it. And they went, wow, this is really good. You know, I'm really surprised. And that opened it up to talking about other things. And I mentioned how Boston Legal was a really good show. And, and that... Just by offering up actual evidence rather than saying, you know, no, he's not a jerk, mm -hmm. but saying, here, listen to this or watch this and, and maybe you'll change your mind was a much more effective way of countering people's assumptions that anything that he's going to do is, is going to suck. And I think, too, um, this is such a great time to be a Shatner fan mm -hmm. and to be one who has been one for a long time because it's like that, you know, I like country when country wasn't cool. I mean, you know. We were there yeah. during the lean years. <laughs> and I also think the people who really bash him, it's like Bill is such an easy target yeah. because he is so out there. Mm -hmm. And everything he does, he throws himself into. And it's it's like his song mm -hmm. has been. Mm -hmm. It's like these people are making fun of him because he continues to try. Yeah. And they're sitting on their butts doing nothing. But... um. 
to kind of address some of what Julie was asking about, do you respond? I have unfortunately been the stupid person responding <laughs> at times. And my actual personal history of, of feelings about Bill has, has changed over the years. I've always, always loved Kirk. And it was, I was not heavily into Star Trek fandom for a long time. So it was like, yeah, I watched Star Trek. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Kirk. And I never really thought about the issues of the actor and, and what their public persona was. And when I first got involved in the internet and started going to the boards, I, there was, and there still is, I'm sure, a lot of hostility towards Bill, and there's a lot of hostility towards Kirk. And now, is this, are these on the Star Trek boards that you're talking mm -hmm. about specifically? Like, yeah. ask him, not yeah. ask him, but even ASC? Yeah. Or, or well, ASC doesn't, it has never gotten as ugly as ask him, but, mm -hmm. you know, there's always been Shatner bashing, and there's always been Kirk bashing, and that one has puzzled me, because I'm going, how do you watch a TV show where you hate the lead character? Mm -hmm. He's going to be in at least 50% of it, but... That aside, for a long time I sort of differentiated, okay, you know, whatever Bill does, whatever he does as Shatner, I'm into Kirk. And, and it, it, you know, I sort of separated it. And then I just I just really came around to, to just enjoying him more and more as he became more and more comfortable being himself and more mm -hmm. or less saying, fuck you if you don't like it. Because I remember back in the probably 80s, maybe early 90s, seeing him on a talk show. And he was so trying to, to, to hide that he was uncomfortable with the format, that it was uncomfortable for me to watch him. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of avoided encountering these things where he was Shatner rather than, than mm -hmm. Kirk, you know, the reruns and the mm -hmm. movies and things like that. Because of that, now he is so completely in, in his element because he's finally going, this is who I am, this is what I do, mm -hmm. take it or leave it. And I, I remember, and I remember posting about this on whatever board I was on at the time, the first time I went to a convention where he was appearing, and it was actually a little scary for me because I kept flashing back to that bad mm. TV appearance, you know, and going, oh, God, you know, what is this going to be? Is he going to be a jerk? Am I going to feel like an absolute fool just for even being there? And he was wonderfully, wonderfully entertaining. But you have to to accept it on those terms. And one of the things I saw then, which is why I was uncomfortable with the TV thing, is Bill is Bill, no matter what he does. And when he's in front of a thousand Star Trek fans and telling his stories, he acts them out. Mm -hmm. And he acts them out big time. And he acts them out for an audience that size. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tone down when he's on TV. <laughs> so a lot of times when he's Bill on TV, chatting, not playing a role, he's too big for that medium. Mm -hmm. But you know, you see him tell that story live, and you're like, "This, this is this is perfect." Yeah. And so you just, I know it's hard. You know, I mean, I've been told stories by other fans that they're at a convention wearing their Kirk T-shirt, and other fans practically beat them up for being so fucking stupid. How you know that guy's a jerk and everything? It's like, what? But I completely sympathize because I have come to his defense mm -hmm. more times than I like to admit. And Lena is absolutely right; it is completely futile. Unless, as you say, you can do it in a, you know, in a civilized way. Here's the reasons this album is good. Go listen to it. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, you know, just, just shut up. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just thinking about the interviews. I think he's actually gotten a lot better mm -hmm. at toning it down for the interviews. I was thinking about the... The thing that we watched. The Donnie Deutsch. The Donnie Deutsch thing. He was really good in that. Yes. And other situations that have been more intimate, he seems to be able to um, control himself a little more and, and expose what he needs to expose for the interview and kind mm -hmm. of give them what they want without going overboard and, and performing too much, I think. And he's at a point now, too, where people are coming to him going, will you do this? Will mm -hmm. you do They want him. And I think 
you know, people call it the lean years or the dark years, those 10 years when there was no Star Trek. And he was in all kinds of bad TV movies mm-hmm. and just doing all kinds of shit. And it was desperate times for him financially and as far as, you know, just trying to get work and keep his face in front of the public. And so I think he did a lot of things where it was like, you know, I'll, I'll take the money, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways he was he was scarred by that. For many years after that, he was too needy of the mm-hmm. of the attention. And now he he's... I think being involved with horses and competing in that world and getting away from the actor thing really helped him sort of mellow yeah. out and come to terms with himself and and who he is and who he wants to present to the public. And that has been key to his quote-unquote comeback. Mm-hmm. Is um, And I just sent you an article about this um, that was saying something about he has come to terms with his fame and his role as an icon in a way that... That shows that he knows exactly how much value it has. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows now. So like I say, it's a great time to be a Shatner fan where he is finally getting the respect of the media, of his fellow actors, of the people he works with. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say, you know, I never kicked the man when he was down. It feels good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I also think now, um, because he's able to do so many things, he can indulge the the big ham bone part of himself and do things like that, you know, the last laugh of mm-hmm. 2005, where he gets to dress up in a stupid costume and be up on a stage and with sing naked, this, uh, with near naked, naked girls. girls. And, you know, he loves to do that kind of stuff. Clearly, he really enjoys the hell out of it when he gets to, to do some big spectacle. And, and he can channel it in something like that. And then he doesn't have to take all that that ham bone energy and, and, you know, it doesn't have to go into his performance in Boston Legal. It just goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I think also, um, you know, Julia brings up the point that people do talk about celebrities, and certainly Bill has been in the public eye long enough that I think he doesn't even care. It's no. like as long as they're talking about him, he doesn't care what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so the issue we have, I think, is that if we are fans of someone, then we have some personal investment there. And we may say, well, you know, we get angry on Bill's behalf, but really we're more angry on our behalf because when people bash him, it's like they're bashing us mm-hmm. for for saying you for like enjoying him. Yeah. him you yeah. know, it, and I, yeah, there have been situations where I just, uh, you know, would rather people just didn't know that because of the instant judgment mm-hmm. it puts on you, and that you know that's kind of sad. And I can understand wanting to kick back. Yeah, yeah, but it's. It's it's a waste of energy. It, it really absolutely is. Absolutely is. And and it makes I think it makes you feel worse because you in all your um you know you're you're feeling defensive but you're also thinking, well, maybe I can turn this into a civilized discussion. You're coming at it with all the goodwill that you have and it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't change no. anybody's mind and they're not going to respond in kind because they have no interest in engaging in a discussion. They just want to yell. So, you know, the solution to the problem is to listen to look at his butt. Yeah, because <laughs> because we are Bill positive. We are very Bill positive, and even when we're we're laughing at him and, and you know sort of uh, getting down on his case for all the shilling and everything. I hope it's clear to everybody that we have enormous affection and respect and yeah. admiration for this man. And the thing that keeps coming that I'm just so surprised by, and I shouldn't be surprised, but when when we get email from people and when we get comments on on the blog is that there are so many people who feel the same way. I mean, I can't think of maybe more than one or two comments that we've gotten and no emails that, that I've gotten where people said, oh, you're idiots for doing a whole show about Shatner. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all positive and everybody's going, oh, I love Bill. He's so wonderful and he's doing great work. And it's so cool just to see that yeah. outpouring of people saying it, saying and, I like him. You know, it's like they say, 
you you get out of things what you put into them. The more out there you are as a Shatner fan, a Trek fan, or whatever, it is amazing the stuff that comes back to you. Because when I first started writing fanfic, there wasn't a lot of it out there, thank mm-hmm. God. I could get through it all quickly. <laughs> and I could see where the hole was. And the mm-hmm. hole was that there was very little about Kirk. Yeah. Very little. And that's what I was interested in. So I that's what I wrote. Not just because I was trying to fill a hole, because I couldn't imagine if I was going to write fanfic that I would be writing about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. The number of friends I made, mm-hmm. I'm pointing at my good friend Lena right now, and people who contacted me saying, I'm so glad somebody is finally writing about him. I'm so glad somebody has a positive view of it. Mm-hmm. And it all, you know, it just sort of spiraled. And it's the same thing now with the podcast. We're hearing from people, like you say, who, who are going, oh, good. Yeah. You know, something that that's fun and, and positive about this. And, yeah, I'm sure there are people going, these women are fucking morons. They're not listening, and that's fine with me. Yeah. I'm, you know. We say we're out to dominate the world, and we will, but it will be in very subtle ways, and we are going to start out with the Shatner fans. Yeah, because the Shatner fans are powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the power of love will always overcome the power of hate. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just read Stepping that. Stepping into Eden. <laughs> no, I think I just read that in a, a comic book somewhere. Or, or in, on a fortune cookie. <laughs> a fortune cookie. <laughs> So anyway, Julia, that was a, a great question, and I hope we've we've babbled something uh, yeah l- a little bit sensible. But um, I really I really thank her for for bringing up that question yeah. and sharing her feelings with us. Yeah, about that. I think I think the big piece of advice is don't argue with people on the internet. Just mm-hmm. not worth it. Well, really. and it, it's it's also you know like you're saying you're still retarded, but it's also you know never get into an argument with an idiot. Yeah, because people will not know which one it is. You know, it's true. Very true. And if they can't see William Shatner for what he is, well, they're idiots, aren't they? They are idiots. How could you not appreciate him? <laughs> I used to say, I always felt like Jerry Seinfeld's mother. How could you not like him? <laughs> How could they not like <laughs> him? I don't even get it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think that was a whole bunch of stuff. Now, that was our, our homework for now. That and was great. Keep it coming, people. Oh, please. We love getting email from everybody. Thank you people who have written to us to tell us about um, things, whether they're on the internet. Um, I actually made a couple of internet purchases on the recommendations of some of our fans. Um, I'm waiting for these things to arrive so that we can watch them and talk about them. And we're always finding new stuff that Bill has done. I mean, that's the other thing about him is that he's done like a bazillion things. And, and we just keep finding new stuff like that twist in the tail thing. Yeah. That somebody alerted to us. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, Shane over at, uh, and that's on the yes. Netflix list. And now. that's on the Netflix list. And I had no idea that he had done that. And it was like with a New Zealand production company. It's like, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So we're going to have to find out what that is. Yeah, definitely. So, um, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll wrap up with, um, a few more things. <laughs> Straight sex. Fifty bucks. Listen. This isn't about Sulu. This is about you. And I appreciate you being here today. Thanks. And William Shatner is on Boston Legal Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock on ABC. You having fun with that? 
the best. Really? Oh, it's, it's Who's great. in the cast? Spader? Uh, James, James Spader, Spader. Uh, Candace Bergen. And, uh, oh, Candace Bergen? Yeah. Yeah. She's, how, what, 100 years old? Now. No, she's a beautiful woman. Really? Yeah. You have yeah. love scenes with her? Absolutely. Do you ever have love scenes on uh, Post and Legal? Oh, God, yeah. You see, I don't know anything about it. I've just uh, finished a very passionate one. With it's who? full with of who? sex. Who, who do you have sex uh, with? Joanna, uh, Joanna Cassidy. Is she hot? Oh, my God. Is she, when you do bedroom scenes, are you nude? Oh, my God. No, come on, be honest. Do you, well, do you, yes, absolutely. In the bed nude? You don't wear a thong or a... Well, you... you. <laughs> do you get aroused in love scenes? I'm being um, honest. I want you to be serious with me. No, it's too technical. Oh, that's a lie. Well, yes. I, I did my movie. Lie. I was aroused most of the movie. Really? But I really was. You're easily aroused. But you, you've never been in bed with an actress. You're aroused by an erect microphone. No, come on. Well, you've never been in bed with an actress on set. In an erotic scene. Uh, yeah, sure you And you get aroused. Well, it can be. All that stuff you did on Star Trek, you're telling me you weren't aroused? Well, I, George could tell you. <laughs> no, come on, seriously. Well, it's, it's a With that blonde? It's Didn't you uh, uh, nail her in you real were, life? You yeah. Who, which blonde? The blonde. The yeoman. Yeoman. Uh, it's been so long. You nailed the yeoman first class. Um, <laughs> no, she's not. She's somebody else. And the girl with the purple, uh, the purple one, vagina. Honestly, as an actor, you don't get aroused. It's in somewhere in between. I feel you're lying right now. I am sort of. Because what we're are you on radio. saying? You're turned on, but you try to control yourself. Don't seriously. On, uh, do you wear? Do you wear some sort it of? D it depends on the scene. I have. Wow. Would you do nudity? I have done nudity. No, now. I mean, you well, would now? do that. I'm not too sure now. I don't think the world is ready for my. What have you done nudity? And what, what movie were you in? Forgotten lots of movies. Yeah. yeah. Would you kiss a man? I find that very difficult. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever tried that? Yeah, I, I kissed uh, somebody. Spock. Uh, <laughs> you kissed Spock? I never kissed Spock. Spock. But they, but they have me kissing him on on websites. And apparently, there's all kinds. Who have you nailed? That's famous, Angie Dickinson. No, I don't. Know. I don't. No. No, I think I did a nude scene with Angie. Did right. She was one of the sexy. Did you get Did you get aroused when you did your scene with her? I'm being honest. Uh, probably. Yeah. But I mean, do you remember every arousal you? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, uh, because it's so rare. I remember the first time I saw Fred, I was aroused. <laughs> All right, listen, whatever. I'm not going to put you on the spot anymore. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for being here today, Mr. Shatner. And uh, go see Mr. Shatner and uh, uh, how William changed the how William Shatner changed the world. You got it. He was so lying. <laughs> oh, Bill. <laughs> but I love him for admitting that he was lying. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So that was a clip of William Shatner on uh, the Howard Stern show, and it was on um, the last week or the, maybe the last day that, that Stern Not was the last day, but like a like week or two week, before yeah, the end. That Stern was on regular um, radio, and he had Bill on for just a little bit. It was probably no more than 10 minutes or so. And they mm -hmm. talked about a bunch of stuff, and we recorded that clip because, of course, that was the clip where he talked about sex. So, yeah, we had to have Duh. that on there. Duh. You know? So, um, I always enjoy Bill on Howard Stern, and I'm not a big Howard Stern fan. Mm -hmm. Lately, the past several times he's been on, they've gotten way too carried away with playing these stupid Sulu things mm -hmm. they've, they've made up. It's not as funny as they think it is. But Bill is, you know, such a good sport about the stuff. I mean, Howard Stern has said Bill is the only celebrity who has ever agreed to go into the homo room mm -hmm. and do that, you know, joke with them. But um, it's just amazing, the stuff Bill will say in the Howard Stern show. And I think he thinks nobody's listening <laughs> or it's the Howard Stern show. What the fuck do I care? But um, 
I don't know. It's interesting. Of course he was aroused. He's Bill. Of course. Bill's aroused sitting on the bridge looking uh, at the camera. And I, I just, I like how he, he now can use the excuse. You know, it's like the Denny Crane mad cow thing when, mm-hmm. when Howard's saying to him, you know, did you do this one? Did you do that? He's like, oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. And that's just his standard answer now when he doesn't want to answer a question. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh Well, you know now. what I've also noticed is um, many times on the Howard Stern show when they, they ask him questions, he'll say, how can I answer that? I'm married. And that means the answer is yes. Yes, I did her. Yes, I was aroused. Yes, you know. So I think that that's like the code that for, for when he talks, when he says he can't remember something, it means yes. Mm-hmm. When it, you know, when he says it happened a long time ago, that means yes. When yeah. he says I can't answer It's like Chris marriage. Pike and beep and beep, beep. Exactly. Yeah. When he says those things, the answer is definitely yes. Well, there's one show, I can't think what they were talking about. It was something to do with sex. And, um. And it wasn't one of the ones that they, they showed on the TV version of Howard Stern. But they're talking about sex and, and Bill saying, oh, no, no, it never happened. I've never done that. And uh, and <laughs> Howard Stern says, I wish everybody could see the look that you're shooting me right now. And they both start laughing because, you know, Bill is going, yes. <laughs> no, never did that, Howard. Never, you know. But he's, you know, he's singling all the time. Yeah. Had her, had that. Yeah. And my my significant other swears, because he listens to Howard Stern, that Bill was on the Howard Stern show once, and uh, Howard said, well, you've had a threesome, haven't you? And Bill said, I've got a foursome. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's anybody who could handle it, it's our guy. I think it would be Bill. Now, um, just to clarify, in that little snippet of interview, when uh, Howard was asking him if he had done any nudity, he did do it in that movie with Angie Dickinson. Big Bad Mama. Big Mama, which is over on my shelf there somewhere. We've watched and it. And we've watched it, and we did the usual fast-forward one frame at a time to see him being semi-naked. And um, I don't even remember. You can't see a lot in there. But, speaking of Big Bad Mama, yeah. um, I don't think it's Criterion, but somebody is coming out <laughs> <Criterion>. with <laughs> the Roger Corman collection. Uh-huh. And on DVD, and Big Bad Mama is one of them. Oh. Also, you know, he did um, uh, The Intruder. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. R- with Roger Corman. So he's done a couple films with them. And apparently on some of these DVDs, Bill does commentary. <gasps> that would be interesting. And I have no details, but. Well, we should look for those. Yeah. Um, it would be cool to have the DVD of Big Bad Mama because we could do screen capping mm-hmm. a lot better than we could taking pictures of the tape. <laughs> But do you remember there was some crazy speculation back when we used to hang out and ask him? Because apparently in Big Bad Mama, and I've never managed to see this when I've watched uh-huh. it, you can see pubic hair. His. His. Uh-huh. And I've never managed to see that. But um, somebody had posted something saying the nude scenes from Big Bad Mama were so hot for their time uh-huh. that stills were posted in a men's magazine. And I remember there was a lot of speculation on, okay, by men's magazine, do they mean like Playboy, which men read to see naked women, or men's magazine, meaning a magazine for men who like to look at naked men. I mean, were they, they looking at it to see Angie or to see Bill? And never having found out what those magazines were, I don't know. I don't know either. So if you know, people out there in the listening audience, let us know about that. Um, for your information, Big Bad Mama is a terrible movie. It's really, really And Bill bad. wears a hat. He wears a hat. And he's not a hat guy. He's just not a hat guy. It's pretty stupid. And then he's not in and it And he's the sort of playing right? the same character that Kirk was pretending to be in Piece of the Action. <laughs> this is true. But he does get to be naked and have sex with Angie Dickinson. Who is completely... She's planning her next robbery while he's That's fucking right. her, if you remember that. you know, He's like going at it, and she's like... 
you know, we should hit the bank ten minutes earlier than we thought, or whatever the dialogue is. Oh, that's yeah, that's so one funny. of his his, his bad that's bad funny. year movies. Well, I I don't remember um, if he's done nudity in other pictures. I mean, in Secrets of a Married Man, he wasn't naked. Well, we don't know. Well, I can't imagine that he didn't have on his underwear in the the bed scene. Yeah, because the sheet yeah. was demurely pulled up to his waist. You know. And then in the shower scene, who knows? <laughs> Probably in a bathing suit or something. And then something. he had his underwear on at the doctor's. Yeah. Because you know, the doctor did that psychic diagno- <laughs> diagnosis on that he had the clap. That's true, yeah. Well, I have heard that Bill has said it's a, it's a, uh, um, it's a blow to his ego that he's never been asked to do porn. <laughs> Maybe we should tell him about um, Angel Emily or whatever her name oh, is. Oh, yeah. Bill, you've done porn. <laughs> you just don't know it. You're doing it now. Oh, yeah, really? There you are, next to this naked honey. Aren't you happy? When we get him on our show, <laughs> we're showing him that website. Don't anybody cue, like, Donnie Deutsch or Howard Stern or any of them into this mm-hmm. website. That's going to be our little secret. That's right. Because when Bill does the show, we're going to say, Bill, look at Bill, this. Bill, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> you're on a porn site. Uh, and you're the best thing on it. Really? That's so funny. Oh, Howard Stern. Um, so, there you go. There There's was Bill lying. Bill and lying. Admitting that he's lying. Admitting that he's lying. Talking about sex. Um, on a completely different topic i we forgot to mention this when we were going through like little news things before but as you all know white comanche is one of our most favorite movies of all time because i play that horrible fucking music in every show we love it um (laughs) turns out that white comanche is in the public domain which is why i think it's on dvd right Mm -hmm. now and you can actually download it from a website that's called public domain torrents and i'll put up the link for that so if you're interested in seeing that movie and you have, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a lot of bandwidth, you could go there and download it and then watch it on your very own computer mm-hmm. and see him in all his glory. I mean, he it, looks, oh. it really is worth it for this, this scene where he goes through the swinging doors. Yeah. Pretty much. And the, the close-up of him putting the gun belt on. Yeah. And then when he's standing on top of the mountain being Kerak, that's yeah. pretty good, too. And uh, the whole time he's an Indian wearing really tight, tight pants yeah. and shirtless. Yeah. It's pretty good. Speaking of DVDs, do we want to mention our other thing? other thing <laughs> well, i guess i have to mention i'm trying to cue her and she's not getting it um we have a new link up on the blog oh please talk about that for oh. um dvd tribe and if you are looking for rare dvds things that are hard to find mm-hmm. you want to click through to them and see what they've got because uh one of the things we are getting from them and we are so excited about we this, are grateful is a dvd of alexander the great yeah and i'm sure you remember when we talked about it and we were so upset to learn that the version we have on, on video is missing a bunch of scenes. And apparently this DVD has them. And so we are going to be getting that very soon thrilled, and thrilled. looking at it. And so um, we wanted to pass along the good word to people about DVD tribes. So there is a link on our website. You're looking for rare DVDs. Go check them out. I bet, you know, they seem like great people. I bet if you wrote to them and said, I'm looking for this and you don't have it, they mm-hmm. might find it for you. Yeah. So do send them your business right after you go to Cafe Press and order your Look at His Butt <laughs> t-shirts. Do we have any more shilling that we need to do on this show? Um, I don't know. I think I think that's it. I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, DVD Tribe, we like them. They yes, are good. They go. Are good. Patronize them. Give them your business. And tell them we sent you. Yeah. Mention mention our name. I don't know if they'll give you anything, but, you know. It can't hurt it to It can't try. hurt. Mention our name. 
Uh, let's see. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this show. We have a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about the next time because we need to get caught up with Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill mentioned right at the end of that clip on Stern that he did this um, semi-documentary thing that was has been shown only in Canada right now called How William Shatner Changed the World. And we actually have a copy of it through the magic of the internets. So we're going to watch that and talk about it because it looks like it's going to be pretty funny. Also coming up... In January or February, the latest I've heard is when that weird reality thing is going to be on that includes Bill doing a concert of Has Been and some other stuff. So that's going to be showing up, so you might want to watch for that. Yeah, and I've actually got a couple of other things downloaded that um, we haven't even talked about yet. Um, And plus, I managed to get my hands on some of the extras that came with the... um, TOS box sets that came out last year mm-hmm. that we can just watch the extras. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, I didn't so, even know you had that. Yeah, That's well, great. that was that was another thing from the internet. Wow. Because we're just... life grand. Technology, sometimes it is fucking technology, but sometimes it actually works. Yeah. Which is, like, amazing. <laughs> oh, all right, are we done? Yes, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2006. Yeah, it's going to be a good year, and a good year for Shatner, too. Yes. <laughs>